Good morning. It is good. It's good morning. Hey, we are starting on time. It's 9.30 and we are, we are doing this. Amen. Hey, I want to read out of Psalm 92 as we begin this morning in our time of worship. Psalm 92 says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very deep. Amen. This morning we want to worship the Lord and, and for his goodness and who he is. And even just the, the wonder of his works, the beauty of his majesty. You know, it's just this is that, that beautiful season of year, fall, with snow now coming. But, uh, but um, it's, it's all good because we need the, uh, the, the snow, don't we? Amen. So we're going to worship this morning and, and people... You know, everyone got an extra hour of sleep, and they're still late. <laughs> but uh, um, if you, in case, just to save you, uh, um, letting me know, the heater next door is broken. So I was here at like 5:45 setting up space heaters to try to take the chill off this morning. So it is chilly next door. It's not cold. We got it up to at least 65, but so. I, I did put one in the ladies' restroom, so hopefully that got up to temperature because that room gets very cold. Um, anyway, so um, I just want to let you know that we do know that it's kind of chilly back there, and we're doing the best we can this morning. Amen. But well, let's stand as we go into a time of worship this morning. Um, I'm the worship band, and uh, it's just me this morning. We have a few people out um, sick, and then we have... Um, my my uh, my kids are. Oh, that was something I didn't do yet. I've got a a, a a greeting from Madeline. If I can get it up online, we'll try to do that. Um, and so, anyway, so we're just gonna worship a little more acoustically this morning and have a time of worship. Amen. do have the band for the first psalm. I think, I think uh, Chris Tomlin's at, at Harvest Crusade uh, this weekend, and, uh, but I got him to come up here just for this first song for us. Are we in, are we in tune this morning? We are here for you. 
our prayer this morning, that you would let your fire fall on us, the fire of the Holy Spirit come, ignite our hearts with a love and a passion for you, God. Draw us closer to you. Give us a love for your word and holiness. We welcome you with praise. We welcome you with praise. Almighty God of love, be welcomed in this place. We welcome you with praise. We welcome you with praise. Almighty God of love, be welcomed in this place. Let every heart adore. Let every song away. Almighty God of love, be welcomed in this place. We welcome you with praise. We welcome you with praise. Almighty God of love, be welcomed in this place. God, we welcome you, God. We welcome you here this morning. Come and move in our midst. Meet us right where we're at, Lord.
come earth to touch your heart and glorify your name and your name is the strong and mighty tower your name is a shelter like no other your name let the nation sing it louder nothing has the power to say but your name Jesus in your name we pray come and fill our hearts today Lord give us strength to live for you and glorify your name and your name is a strong and mighty tower your name is a shelter like no other your name let the nation sing it louder Nothing has the power to save And your name Is a strong and mighty tower Your name Is a shelter like no other Your name Let the nation sing it louder Nothing has the power to save but your name nothing has the power like your name God as morning as morning dawns and evening fades you inspire songs of praise that rise from earth to touch your heart and glorify your name and your name is a strong and mighty tower your name is a shelter like no other your name let the nation sing it louder Cause nothing has the power to save But your name Is a strong and mighty tower Your name Is a shelter like no other Your name Let the nation sing it louder Nothing has the power to save but your name your name there's healing in your name lord salvation in your name lord there's joy in your name 
Jesus, in your name, and your name is a strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter like no other. Your name, let the nation sing it louder. Nothing has the power to save but your
perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Oh, this love so
one word to describe, only one word to describe, there's only one word comes to mind, only one word to describe. As we do this next song, this is the invitation to come to the communion table, come to the altar and receive communion. You can take it back to your seat or do it right at the table. You can find someone to do it with. The reason we're doing it this morning is this is an invitation to come to the altar. The idea is not just a physical location, but that we're moving towards the Lord and coming to the altar of the Lord this morning. Communion represents the sacrifice that Christ made that we might have forgiveness of sin, but also that we might live in right relationship with Him. The altar is a place that we can come and bring all of our fears and all of our hurts and all of our brokenness, all of our sadness, and the weight of sin, and exchange our burden for his the scriptures teach us to come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am meek and lowly at heart the time in communion is a time where we get to come and fellowship with the Lord and also realize that we have fellowship with one another but we have fellowship with the Lord because of his love for us and his love is awesome and powerful, but it, it comes like a parent's love. If you think of 
the letters in the book of Revelation that each letter had a, a rebuke. Almost every letter had a rebuke to the church. But we find that he chastens those, he rebukes those that he loves, that he's always calling us deeper. He wants to come and have relationship and fellowship with us. In Revelation 3, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice, open the door, I will come into him and we will dine together. We will have fellowship together. That's what this communion table is about this morning. So at your leisure as we're worshiping and singing, just come. And if there's anything you need to talk to the Lord about, talk to him. If there's any sins or forgiveness that you need, if there's any fears, anything at all, just do business with the Lord before you take that communion. You, like I said, you can do it back at your seat at the end of the song, during the song with somebody. At the very end of the song, if there's anyone left, we'll, we'll partake together to close out the service.
Christ is risen. Bow down before Him, for He is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The Savior is in Hallelujah. God, we thank you that we serve a risen Savior. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for the broken body and the blood of Jesus represented in this communion that we've had this morning. Lord, we pray that we thank you that it's blessed. God, we thank you for the sacrifice that was made. That we have forgiveness of sin. We have new life. That we have relationship, communion with Almighty God because the temple veil was torn in two. Our sins no longer separate us because they're washed and under the blood. If there's anyone left who hasn't had their communion, we'll take it together as we close. Thank you for this bread, the body of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes us whiter than snow. Hallelujah. Let's, anyone else, let's take together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 
Bible says that we did not love him first, but he loved us first. So this morning, even though we're all seated, go greet somebody and tell them that you are glad that he found you and you are glad that he found them. Amen. Wait for it. Oh, there we go. Good morning, everybody. I missed you all last week. (laughs) Well, hey, if you're joining us here at the Journey Church for the first time, we would love to get connected with you. One way you can do that is there are connection cards in the pockets of the seats that you can fill out. And then those go in the tithe and offering boxes that are in the back of the room here. Um, I have quite a few announcements now. I try and remind everybody, if you are someone that needs to write down dates and times, this is a good time to do that. So (laughs) the first announcement I have for us is um, we have uh, the Journey Church membership class that is starting this Wednesday at 6 o'clock here at the church. It's going to go for the following three Wednesdays. And basically, it's a great way for you to come out, kind of learn about what our core values are here at the church, what our mission is, what we believe in doesn't mean that you're automatically having to sign up as a member, but we do encourage you guys, for those that are new, we have a lot of new faces, um, to come, check it out. And again, that's starting this Wednesday, every Wednesday for the next three weeks from 6 to 8 o'clock. And then that, if you do decide to become a member, that's kind of, that's how we initiate you. <laughs> so, um, so we encourage you to do that. Also, we have our Operation Christmas Child boxes. Those need to be turned in by November 13th through the 20th. 20th, I would say, is like the last date to get those boxes in. For those of you that may not know what I'm talking about, Operation Christmas Child is we have some of the boxes in the back there. You can fill it with um, toys for a kid, and there you can decide between a boy and a girl and their specific ages. And then it's $10 to ship those boxes. If you don't have the $10 but you still want to do a box, please don't let that discourage you. Bring the box. Just let us know. We'll take care of the shipping for you guys, okay? So, again, that is November 13th through the 20th. Um, The next thing that we have coming up is on Tuesday the 15th. We have Ken Anderson that's doing such a huge favor for uh, the Illuminate Youth Group. He's doing a a fundraiser concert. Tickets for that are $15. I do want to also say if you don't have the $15, 
a donation is always accepted and stuff. Just just come. Let's fellowship. Have a good time together. You get to hang out with my babies, my youth group. Um, and so it'll be a really good time. And we want to also hear some great music. So that's going to be Tuesday the 15th and also the 17th. So if you miss Tuesday night, you can come Thursday night. And that's from 630 till about 830-ish. Um, so that's going on. And then we've got, <laughs> for those of you that aren't aware, speaking of Illuminate Youth Group, we do every year what's called a turkey bowl. That's right. You heard it right. A turkey bowl. So we take a frozen turkey, and in the parking lot, we bowl with it, and we knock over like two liter uh, bottles of soda. And then after that, we get to have an amazing dinner with the youth. Some of these kids don't ever get to get a real legit Thanksgiving dinner. And so it's a great way for us to bless them. So I have a sign-up sheet here that has things on it. Like, obviously, I know turkeys are really expensive and kind of in high demand right now. But if you feel the Lord wants to have you bring a turkey, you can sign up for that. Things like ham, mashed potatoes, gravy, stuffing, green beans, dinner rolls, butter, pumpkin pie, whipped cream, bottles of soda. Those are the kind of things that um, we're looking for if anybody is interested in helping out to donate that stuff towards the youth group and that turkey bowl slash Thanksgiving dinner. Um, I just want to encourage you guys, you know, we're called to be the hands and feet, right? So there's many ways that you can serve here at the Journey Church. Another way is that we've got snacks. You can, there's a sign-up thing in the hallway, you know, that stuff doesn't just show up. <laughs> People bring snacks and they buy snacks. So if you want to participate in that way, we have a um, helping hands, helping feet, hands and feet ministry that we're going to be passing around a thing next week for. That's where, you know, snow's coming and we have widows that need shoveling and that kind of stuff. So there's many different ways that you can help you don't need to shovel the widows. Sorry, I realized what that <laughs> sounded like. <laughs> shovel snow for the widows or other things like that where you can help. Um, and so, and if this is a way that you feel the Lord is leading you to help, I'm going to give Rosalind this clipboard. And the best way that we have found for the clipboard to go is literally to snake across every single aisle rather than doing section by section. So if you can try and make it work that way, that would be awesome. Um, all right. You've got voter guides. Make sure you check those out on your seats. Thank you, Bobby, for bringing those. Please go out and vote this Tuesday. Um, and then the next big thing is that we are going to be tearing down the church tent after service today. So we need some capable people that would like to help. The more hands make for light work, right? And so it'll make it go quickly. There's big poles that you can help just carry back. So if you can stick around after church and you're able to help with that, we would truly appreciate it. Ooh, I think that's all the announcements that I have for you. Um, so with that, we're going to continue our time of worship by receiving our tithes and offerings. And if we could just put up on the thing um, how to tithe and offer, there's a lot of different ways that you can give. You can text to give. You can go to online for the journeychurchbigbear.com slash giving. You can give here to the ushers that are going to be coming down. Or you can even send it through mail. And I wanted to read something to you really fast. It just says, um, the tithe was an offering of one's agricultural income to the Lord as an expression of thanks and dedication. In the Old Testament, agricultural economy tithes were paid not in cash, gold, or goods, but in crops or livestock, for the only agricultural fruit of the promised land was to be tithed, not other forms of income. 
income, sorry. So I wanted to encourage you guys. We made it really easy for you guys to tithe, right? All you have to do is use these different forms. Could you imagine if all of us were walking in every Sunday with a big old bucket of grain and stuff like that? <laughs> but I just wanted to remind us that, you know, we have a super easy way to give back to the Lord our thanks for what he's already given to us. You don't have to big bring big bags of potatoes or whatever it is that you might have for agriculture, but instead we get to give back the, the income that we get. And we do that because we love the Lord. We want to be obedient to him, and we want to see his kingdom furthered, right? So with that, let's go ahead and pray for our tithes and offerings. Jesus, we are so thankful for the many ways that you bless us each and every day, God. And as we're entering into the time of giving, our Thanksgiving and the holidays that we celebrate your birth and just the many ways that we get to give back to you, God, help us also to have eyes to see those that are in need as well. God, um, help us to, to reach out to those that are hurting or lost or just need help, God, and um, to not be so self-centered as easily as that can be. But God, we want to give you glory. We want to make sure that you're lifted high in every way possible. So with these tithes and offerings that we give, Lord, let that be our heart as we give. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey church family, I hope you guys are all doing well. Um, I just thought I would check in since it's been about a month since I've made a video. Um, so fun fact, this is the room that I had my first Zoom call on uh, with the leaders Anders and the leader of this base, Martina. So this is the room where it kind of all began and where I met them. Um, so it's pretty weird to be on the other side of things and being in this room, making a video for you guys now. Um, so anyways, yeah, the last month has been very busy. We've had um, some pretty intense topics the last few weeks. Um, we had Freedom in Christ Week, which was really powerful and, and God really worked in so many people. Um, and the week before that, we had Inner Healing Week, um, which was also also so amazing and so many people were prayed for and, and um, I think a lot of people are, are coming out as, as new people and they're walking in in new identity and, and who God made them. And so uh, that's it's so powerful to see like how he's moving and and like how he's changing people, especially me. I feel like he's really revealing a lot of things that he, he wants to do in me. And so it's it's been really hard, but it's been really um, awesome at the same time. So, yeah, that's been the last few weeks. Um, and this last week was kind of mixed topics. Uh, we had a new teacher and he just, he was very, very powerful speaker. Um, he prayed over so many people um, prophesying into their lives. And, and so his week, his teaching was just really awesome. I feel like we all learned a lot from him. Um, and uh, also we've been hanging out with another DTS. So the way this base works is they just started a 
uh, secondary base in Stockholm, which is the capital of Sweden. So they have two bases, one here in Linköping and one in Stockholm. So uh, we were together with the Stockholm base for about two weeks. So they were here um, and then we went and we stayed at their house in Stockholm. So it was about close to 40 of us, I believe, in the house. So it was, it was pretty tight, but it was really fun getting to know the other DTS and uh, hearing how they've been doing and hearing what God's doing in their life. Um, we are two different topic groups. So we have different like focuses um, on what we're doing, like for mercy and ministry outreach time during the afternoons. So it is a little bit different. So it's really fun, like seeing the differences and um, just hearing the journey about about um, everything that they've been doing. So that was been that's been really great. We got back to Linköping on Friday um, after being in Stockholm for a week. So it's been good. It's been a pretty quiet weekend. We're actually preparing to leave again. Uh, we have what's called mini outreach and we're gonna be leaving this Tuesday. We'll be gone from Tuesday to Sunday. Um, and we're splitting up into two different teams. So it's gonna be three student with five, five to six staff, I think. Um, and one group is gonna be going to more the Northern side of Sweden. So one group is going to a place called Malmö. Um, and then our, my team that I'm a part of, we're gonna be going to more like the Southeast side of Sweden. Um, and we're going to be staying at churches where we're at. Um, we're going to be working in the churches, working with youth ministry, um, leading church. And then they both have different like uh, outreach type things that they have. So the church that I'm staying at has a, a pizza kitchen. So we're going to be working there um, and helping in whatever ways we can. Um, so this is really just preparation for our actual outreach, which is happening four weeks from today. So... I also wanted to let you guys know about that. Um, we are going to Malaysia um, as one team, so we are all very excited. Um, there is potential we will be going to Indonesia as well, but uh, that is not confirmed. So if you guys could be keeping that in your prayers, keeping all of us in your prayers, um, just as we're getting ready to leave, we are a little bit nervous. Um, as obviously none of us have ever been there. Um, this is also a first time for this particular YWAM base to go to Malaysia, so it's a really big deal for them as well. Um, so if you guys could just be keeping us, keeping the staff, and keeping just all the details in your prayers. Um, it's happening really soon. It does not feel like I've been here for two months, but I have been. <laughs> and it's just really awesome to see how God's been working and doing different things in all of our lives. Um, so yeah, we have mini outreach this week. And after that, we have about three more weeks until we go on outreach and it'll just be more teachings up until we leave. Um, so if you guys could just be keeping me, keeping all the other students in your prayers, um, I just wanted to let you guys know kind of what's happening. Um, I will do another update before I leave and then I will do a couple updates along the way. So I have to get to church, but I hope you guys have a great Sunday morning. I miss you guys so much. I've been thinking about you all a lot, so I love you, and we'll talk soon. Bye. Okay, so why don't we pray for Maddie right now, okay? Um, so, Joe, you're talking, so you get to lead us in prayer for Maddie. Okay, go ahead.
hear your word. We're open-hearted. We're open ears. We're open eyes. Just allow us to absorb what Nikki has to say to us. Help us to apply it to our lives. We love you and we thank you and praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Um, so remember to pray for Maddie throughout um, the next coming weeks. Uh, our daughter, Casey, went through YWAM and went to India. And I can tell you, it was pretty traumatic um, for her. So pray for Maddie that God will bless her and just give her uh, his covering over her and her team that she's going with. Guys, we're in 1 Corinthians 6, where Rob left off. Uh, we're verses 12 through 20. And I'm doing it today so Rob didn't have to think about it during his birthday week. Um. <laughs> what do you need? Yeah, I've got it on. Couldn't even see it, huh? I hit it so well. Um, this is uh, this section for some people might be a tough section to listen to uh, because it's on sexual immorality, and but I think it's perfect for where we are at as a country and what we're going through um, in the election that we're having on Tuesday. So I'll just read. Uh, this is First Corinthians six twelve through twenty. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food for the stomach and the stomach for food. But God will destroy them both. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead. And he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with the prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with the prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a, is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with the price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So what I want to do is uh, just give you a little background. Rob's talked to us a little bit about Corinth. Uh, if you know much about Corinth, uh, Corinth was destroyed by the Romans in 146 BC. And it was pretty much just wiped out by the Romans because they were trying to get rid of all the large Greek city-states. So they had a war called the Achaean War. And in that Achaean War, they attacked Corinth. It was the last big um, Greek city-state left. And so the Romans went out and went in, and they just absolutely wiped it out. And there was a guy named Mummimus, who was the general for Rome, and he killed all the men. 
He took all the women and children and enslaved them. Then he burned Corinth down. And so that happened in 146 BC, right? So around 100 years later, around 46 BC, Julius Caesar decides to rebuild Corinth. And so that's what he does. Um, and he, um, he gives it a new name. He called it Colonia Las Lula Corinthians. And when he rebuilt it, he rebuilt the uh, temple of Aphrodite even bigger than it was. Uh, and he had a purpose for that. And so uh, it was under Roman influence, although it was mainly, it was rehabited by the Greeks. So um, when I read through 1 Corinthians 6, 12, somebody out there, because I'm a teacher, I ask a lot of questions, Somebody out there tell me what was going on in verse 12 and 13. Look at it. It says, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food for the stomach and stomach for the food. But God will destroy them both. So what's going on here in this passage? What do you notice about it when you read it? And it's okay to be... Um, to make a guess if you don't know. Because we don't know exactly what was going on, but there's a lot of hints about what's going on in this section. What is Paul doing here? Yeah, Israel? He's actually pointing out something that we have in common. We've all been right if we're wrong. It's a better memory Yeah, good. Yeah, that's for sure one of the things he's pointing out. Somebody else. Yeah, that's right. So Paul, generally, when he talks to the Corinthians or he talks to any group of people, uh, Paul always emphasizes something. So turn back to chapter 1, and let's look at one, one of the things that he says to, in almost every letter that he writes. This is what he says. Chapter 1, verse 3. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. So what's the key word in those, that part that he's speaking to the Corinthians? Yeah, yeah, grace. And so what's grace? Undeserved favor, right? Grace is favor that you get from God that you don't deserve. So in this chapter 6, notice in your Bible what... What is going on in verses 12 and 13? What is there that's not in the rest of it? What do you see? I see uh, Paul saying in three to people that it's not going to be in their language, their household, not going to be there. Yeah, Steve, that's what, he's, that's what he's saying. But who is he saying it to? The Corinthians. But notice, guys, is yours in there, in that uh, verse 12, where it says, everything is permissible for me? Is that in quotes? It's not in quotes? Really, mine is in quotes. I think it is in quotes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. Because I looked at a bunch of translations, and almost every translation I saw was in quotes. 
So all that is in quotes. So what is he doing? He's saying something that one of the Corinthians had already said to him. Did you get that? They were saying to him, they were, the Corinthians had said to Paul, everything is permissible for us. That's what they were saying. And then they end up saying, food is for the stomach and stomach is for food. So what difference does it make who you have sex with? That's what they were saying. And he was like, uh, <laughs> what? Uh, why were they doing that? Because of what thought were they having? What he had been saying to them from the beginning, God's grace is sufficient for everything that we, every, every time we sin, is God's grace sufficient to cover our sin? Absolutely. So they were saying this, why do we need to worry about what our body does when it doesn't matter because it's forgiven anyway? Yeah, Steve, they just wanted to abuse grace. In our culture, do we abuse grace? Hmm. You're going to vote uh, tomorrow or Tuesday. And um, in our life group, we actually went through every single candidate who was running, every judge, every person. And this is what we were looking at. What do they think about abortion? What do they think about that? What do they think about the LGBTQ issue? What do they think about open borders? What do they think? We want to know what do they think, right? Because we know this. Um, our culture is very much like the culture in Corinth. Our culture is saying, you have the right to do to your body what you want to do to it. Isn't that what our culture is teaching us? Yeah, and they're saying, look, it's all about you and your rights. Hmm, is that what Jesus, is that what Paul ends up saying to these guys here? No, he's like, so he's trying to say to them, whoa, slow down, guys. I know that's what you're saying, because guys, look at uh, chapter 7, verse 1. It says, in chapter 7, verse 1, he says, now for the matters that you wrote about. So, and then he talks about a man and a woman, right? So he's talking to them about things that they are saying to him. You get that? So that's what's going on in this section. So Paul's saying, yeah, you're saying everything is permissible for you, and I'm saying this, uh, not everything's profitable, right? Now, how about for us, is, like, is it okay for me, I love ice cream, so is it okay for me to eat a gallon of ice cream every night? Is it against scripture? Okay. But is it profitable? Well, if I want to end up round as a bowling ball, it's profitable. Right? But, but in here it's talking about, notice what it says about the body. What is our body? What does it say in here? What is our body? It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. So here's my question to you. The church has always struggled with the body. What do you do with the body? We're good with the spirit. We say your spirit is going to be raised up with Christ. What about your body? 
Is it raised up with Christ? Well, let's read in here and see what it says. Because this is what I think. I think that um, what the Bible says is our guide, right? And here's what we always have to do. We have to read it, and we can't build a theology out of one verse, can we? Because that's what they were doing. They were saying this, we're saved by grace, and because we're saved by grace, everything is okay for us. Well, that, that doesn't really fly, does it? So let's take a look at what the rest of this says. It says, um, in verse 14, it says this, By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Hmm. So by his power, God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, was that just his spirit only, or was it his body? So that was his body also. So is your body going to be raised too? So let's read it. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? So it's saying, it's comparing this. Jesus' body is raised. We know that. Are we following in Christ's pattern? Are we? So is your body going to be raised? I'll leave you to answer that question. Um, but this is what the church has always done. It's always said, well, the spirit's important, but the body, not so much. Ooh. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's what you are. How much is that body of yours worth? Do you know? If you have a heart transplant, you know what it costs you? $1.4 million. Uh, do you know how much of that is just for the heart? $997,000 is just for the heart, not for the surgery. How much is a liver worth? $557,000. How much is a kidney worth? $220,000. So how much is your body worth? It's worth millions. It's the, just the parts of you physically are worth millions, right? And so how do you treat your body? Do you treat it like it's worth millions? How do you care for it? So last night, yesterday, Susan and I uh, were coming home from our parents' house, and we're talking to each other, and we're saying, yeah, let's reduce the fats that we're eating and the sugars that we're eating. And we're saying that as we're sitting at In-N-Out having an In-N-Out burger with a malt. And french fries. <laughs> and french fries, yeah. <laughs> and we're saying to ourselves, hmm, maybe we should take better care of this million-dollar body, right? Okay, about your body. Let's talk a little bit about your body. Um, I wrote some facts down about your body. Um, because your body, it says, well, let's go to, actually, let's go read a verse in um, the book, 
in Psalms, and we're going to go to Psalm 139, and we're going to read verses 13 and 14, and this is what it says. It says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And those of you guys who haven't read the book Fearfully and Wonderfully Made, you ought to read it if you haven't. Um, Suze, who wrote that one? Yeah, Philip Yancey. You can get it and read it. It's an incredible book, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. And, but I want to share some thoughts with you guys um, about, your hum about your body uh, because your body is incredible. Okay, um, I want you to put up your hand like this. Put up your hand. Come on, put up your hand. Put up your hand. Ladies, put up your hand. And I want you to go like this. I want you to pretend like this is your heart, and you're going to go like this. We're just going to do it for a minute. I'm going to time us. Don't start yet because you're going to get tired. Okay. On your mark, get set, go. And just go about one per second because that's how your heart goes. And I'll tell you when you're done. Some of you guys are going like 50 beats a minute. <laughs> keep going, keep going. You're halfway. That's one minute. And now pick it up. Now you're going for a run, so you're going to go a little faster. And now you're going to go a little faster because uh, now you're sprinting. And now you only have 10 seconds. Come on. You only have 10 seconds left. Keep going. Five, four, three, two, one. Stop. Now your heart does that all day, every day, and you don't even think about it. Doesn't it? And so if you're, if you're 80 years old, your heart has beat. 3,363,840,000 times if you're 80, okay? If you're 80, just take half. If you're 40, take half of that. So that's what your heart does all day, every day. How do you treat this heart of yours? Do you treat it really good? <laughs> do you give it really good exercise? And... <laughs> Good. And do you uh, put the right kinds of foods in it, like In-N-Out Burger and fries and malts? Yeah? <laughs> and so you guys know, somebody tell me, how is the heart muscle different than the other muscle in your body? How is it different as far as the tissue itself? Anybody know? It's only a muscle in the heart that's made up of smooth and striated muscle together. And that's why it can go forever, but it's powerful. And so um, yesterday I'm walking with my dad. He's 90, he's going to be 91. And we're walking up this hill. And I'm telling him, Dad, let's pick up the pace. And he's like... <laughs> He's going uphill. He goes, wait till you're 91. <laughs> That's what he's saying to me. And I, 
And I, he says, why? And I said, because we need to do an interval. And he's like, yeah, I'm interval training at 91, good. And so we're walking up this hill, and we're walking a little faster, and then we stop, and I tell him, when you stop is when you get the benefit of interval training. Because you've stopped, now the blood rushes into your heart, and it actually expands the tissue of your heart, keeping the elasticity of your heart. And he's like, I like the stopping part. I'm good at that. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but here's some other things about your body. First of all, your body can replace 20 million cells in a second. Every second, your body can replace 20 million cells. You should have gone, whoa. Okay, uh, Your body sheds a whole layer of outer skin every two to four weeks. You can lose 65% of your liver, and it will grow back. You have roughly 30 trillion cells in your body, 30 trillion. You can't even imagine that number, OK? It's, it's too big to imagine. You have 171 billion cells in your brain. Uh, your body produces uh, 173 to 259 billion red blood cells per day, per day. Um, the average, oh, I already did that, did that. Um, you produce 40,000 liters of spit in your lifetime. I'm sure you're glad to know that one. You have 100,000 miles of blood vessels in you at the moment. 100,000 miles, not feet, miles. Your eye is the fastest muscle. The orbicular oculi can contract at one, uh, 150 millisecond. It was like this. I was out fishing in a boat, fly fishing in, in a boat. And this kid was fishing with it, me, who had been in my class. And like an idiot, I didn't have sunglasses on. And he's fighting a fish. And that fish is right behind the boat. And he's pulling on it really hard. And he's sitting up in the seat right in front of me. And that hook pops out of the fish's mouth. And he, had, he was pulling on it as hard as he could. Before I could move, that fly hit me right in the eye, but it hooked my skin because I blinked before it got there. I, I didn't have a chance to think, but I blinked before I thought. I was like, wow, that was cool, because I was pulling it just out of my, eye, my, out of my skin in my eye instead of my eyeball. Only 2% of humans have green eyes, so if you have green eyes, you're pretty special. Uh, when we breathe, we favor one nostril over the other, and we do that without thinking. You don't think, oh, I think I'll favor this one right now. You don't, we don't do that. Uh, and we do that because it keeps our lung from being irritated. Because you get the moisture out of one nostril, then you breathe out of the other, get the moisture out of the other uh, nostril, and then you keep going back and forth and it keeps your lungs from being irritated. 
and you do that every day, all day, and you didn't know you did it, did you? Um, each time we try to remember something, this one I was a little disappointed about. Uh, this one I didn't know. This one, every time you try to remember something, I thought like our memory was like we had all these little files, you know, and, and when you want to remember something, you just had to go back to that one file. And, uh, you know, and they said as you get older, your ability to file those files gets tougher, slower. But um, the people who study the brain say, no, it doesn't happen that way. When you want to remember something, it actually, go, it, it, it knows that memory already, but it goes back to that memory, but when it remembers it, and here's something that I didn't like, it says it changes it slightly from the way it actually was, which is why my wife says the fish I catch keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> because I just keep changing the story. Um, but that's your brain, that's, that's your body, and that's just some of your body, right? Do you ever look at yourself in the mirror and look at yourself and go, I'm the biggest miracle there ever was? Do you ever do that? Do you ever look at yourself in the mirror and just go, wow, I am awesome? Now, I know some of you do that. Um, <laughs> but the older you get, the less you do it. And so the body is incredible, but the body is amazing. You think about what right now is at stake for us as we vote. This is what some people are telling us. If you listen to some people, they say like this, women, you have the reproductive right to do whatever you want to do to your body. And that means even aborting children in your body. You have that right. And that's what our culture tells us. That's baloney. And I'll tell you why. That little ball of cells, they don't like to call it a baby. They want to call it a fetus because they don't want to have to deal with the fact that it's a baby. But that little baby um, has its own DNA and its DNA is not the mom's, it's not the dad's, it's a combination of generations of who that baby came from. Do you get that? We have a little brand new granddaughter, Luna. And Luna has a little cleft in her palate right here. Her mom and dad don't have that cleft in the palate. Yeah, yeah, yeah not cleft palate, cleft chin. It's a cute little dimple right there. And on her, it looks really cute. And, and Suze was looking at Luna going, looking at Steve, looking at his wife, going, where did that come from? And I'm going, my dad has that little cleft in his chin. So that came from her grandfather, not from her parents. So that parent doesn't have the right to say, that child is, is, is me, and so I can do to it whatever I want, because that baby is not me. It is them. And, and what we're reading about is God created them, right? And so some of what he's, Jesus is saying here is this. You are part of the temple of God. You are part of the 
holy temple of God. And what you do, you cannot do in isolation from that temple. Did you guys get that? And so sometimes I will hear, when we went to Malawi, I was uh, praying with lots and lots of sick people because Suze was doing a medical mission. And, and so I was praying with people, and I was just praying this, Lord, let me see one miracle. And you know what? Have you ever seen a physical miracle like this lady that I was praying for didn't have any eyeballs in her socket? And so when I was praying for her, I was saying, Lord, Put eyeballs in this lady's socket. Give her vision. She was probably my age, and she was walking her grandchild in the morning to school three miles, walking home, going to get her grandchild in the afternoon and walking home. 70 year years old and blind, and she's walking 12 miles a day. So I'm laying my hands and praying for her, and we're just praying, Lord, heal her eyes. Give her vision. I'm praying with another evangelist from um, Malawi, a young guy. And we're, we pray for her for over half an hour. And you know what? She never got eyes. Never saw it. And so for me, I was thinking, the Lord says where two or more are joined together, if they ask in my name, I will give to them. So how do we as Christians deal with the fact that we can go pray for people and we believe and we have faith and we know that he can do it and nothing happens? Say it louder. Yeah, it's, so here's, you can't make a whole theology out of one verse and another verse he says, anything you ask according to my will, I will, I will give, Right? And we know in the book of James it says, you ask but do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your own pleasures, right? And so we know this. God is the one who's in control, and he's the one who says whether or not something happens. Um, and he's saying to us in here that you are a part of me, and your body is a part of the temple, and what you do to it, you cannot do in isolation. It affects, guess what? the rest of the body of Christ. Do you know that? That what you do does not, you, if, as far as sexual immorality, if you're involved with that, it doesn't affect just you. It affects the body of Christ. And here's what happens to the body of Christ. Um, the body of Christ is forgiven for that, aren't we? If we committed sexual immorality, does God forgive us? Absolutely. Does it weaken us? Absolutely, it does. And so part of what we're seeing in our world and in our culture is that we as the church have given in and let the immorality of the world come into the church. And not, I'm not talking to guys about our church. I don't know of any sexual immorality in our church. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about generally in the church. And so, um, in here, when you look at what he has to say at the end, he gives, us, he gives us five ways to prevent us from falling into sexual immorality. So, look at the last uh, three verses. 
It, he says in verse 18, what is the very first way, read the very, he says flee. Flee, run, right? Just run away, just get away from it. How does that work? Well, it works like this. When I coach kids and the kids, you know, kids being kids are always saying stuff like this. Coach, is it okay if we go to this party this Friday night? And I would say, well, it's not against school rules, and so you can go. And they're saying, but what if there's drinking? You know, they're always stretching it. You know, what, Coach, what if there's drinking there? I'm going, so don't drink. And then they'll go, Coach, what if they're doing drugs there? And you're going, so don't do drugs. And there's, but they would say, so we can go. And I, I would say to them, sure, you can go, but the best way to not have a problem is just don't be there. You can go, but don't be there. Because if you're there, guess what can happen? You can get into it, and then there can be problems, right? So in here, flee from it. That's the first way to get away from sexual immorality, flee from it. Look at somebody find the next one that's in there. Yeah, good. Um, your body's not your own. Whose is it? Whose is your body? Um, pretty interesting. What did Jesus, uh, we were studying in the men's group, uh, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. How about this? How would this go with Jesus? Take up your cross and follow me wherever your feelings take you and just do what your feelings say to do. How does that fly for you? No, that's not what he said, right? So when he said, take up your cross and follow me, um, following Jesus, how, how is that for us? Is that always um, pretty easy to do? No. no. Uh, it says, uh, the way is wide and the path is broad that leads to destruction, and many will follow it. But the path is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and fewer those who will find it. And so we know this. Uh, following Jesus is not easy. So good. Your body's your, not your own. Then what was another one that was in here? Say it louder, Rob. Glorify God. Yeah, glorify God with your body. How do we do that? How do we glorify God with our body? How about let's take a quick look at Romans 12. And uh, so this is Romans 12, and this is what it says, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing, perfect will. So here's part of um, doing that, honoring God with our body, is that you ha we have to take what we think of, take our thoughts captive. 
If we take our thoughts captive, will we be able to honor God with our body? I think we will. And then here's, here's something else um, that was in here uh, that I, I spent a lot of time thinking about. You were bought with a price. Have you ever thought about that? You were bought with a price. And when I think of this, this is what I think about. Um, there was a really famous basketball coach, John Wooden, and John Wooden said this, I used to take a cross, keep it in my pocket and when he coached, and he said, every time I thought about yelling at the officials for a bad call, he said, I would put my hand and around that cross and hold on to it and think, what was the cost? And do I want to blow it after the cost of that? And he said it helped him always control his mouth at his games. And he never got on the officials because he always, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I, I, don't, I really don't mean to interrupt you, but no. you brought up a tremendous person that I've met myself at UCLA. When yeah. I, uh, judging the Masters one year. And I've gotten to see, remember my coach name and everything. His worst words he ever said were the, the athletes that, you know, <laughs> he even taught them how to tie their shoes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I, I remember that. Yeah, that would be his cuss words. Goodness gracious. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he said he would hold on to the cross in his pocket and remember this, that he died for me. And in that moment when he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? He said, that was the cost. That was the cost that Jesus felt like his father had forsaken him in his worst moment on the cross. So when we're tempted to do something that we probably shouldn't do, remember what the cost was. It was an incredible cost. Okay, we're going to close in prayer. And um, we're going to remember to pray for Maddie this week. And you guys who want to stay and ladies who want to help stay and take down the tent, we'll be taking it down, Rob, shortly, right? Okay. Lord, we thank you for your word um, that is a guide to each one of us. Lord, I, I pray that when we feel like maybe not even committing immorality, Lord, but opening our mouths when we shouldn't, that we would remember the cost and remember what it costs you on, there, on that cross, Lord. Uh, but we do pray for our body, Lord, that you would protect our body from immorality. Um, only by your Holy Spirit can we live a life that is honoring to you. So we invite your Holy Spirit to help us think differently. Lord, help us to take every thought captive. We lift up Maddie and her team to you, Lord, as they get re ready to go to Malaysia. And we ask your covering on them. Lord, let these young guys who are out serving you uh, be covered by your Holy Spirit. Lord, protect them and guide them. Lord, give them wisdom as they go out and serve. In your precious name we pray. Amen.